think you're not being radiated? Guess again. Protect yourself and your loved ones from 5G and other forms of radiation. The ultimate 5G protection device against radiation, viruses, and more is the Soma Vedic. Not only does the Soma Vedic put a protective bubble around your entire home or workspace to mitigate the effects of 5G on your blood cells and body, but it also gets rid of undesirable bacteria, viruses, molds, and parasites. The Soma Vedic also helps eliminate heavy metals from your body. You can protect yourself, your loved ones, your pets from harmful radiation, the invisible enemy, things you can't see in your home by simply checking out the link in the podcast description where you can purchase your Soma Vedic protection and enter the code D-I-L-A-R-A at checkout for 10% off your total purchase price. Comes with a money back guarantee. I have the Vedic. You should make sure you check out the specifications of where you live, how big of a space you're protecting and what you what you're seeking in your Soma Vedic as they have different models. Soma Vedic, the ultimate 5G protection device. Don't wait until it's too late. Epistle of Truth. I am your host, Delara Essengill. This is my podcast. You can find A Fistful of Truth on Spotify, on all the other platforms listed in the podcast description, including iTunes, Google Podcasts, and much more. And you can also find a lot of the episodes that are now being censored on Rumble. Uh, Rumble is listed the link to the Fistful of Truth channel in the podcast description as well. And kindly, I'm asking everybody at the very beginning of this podcast today to Take a moment and if you haven't already subscribed to wherever you may be listening to this very uncontrolled narrative, this very censored podcast, please kindly hit the pause button right now and hit subscribe to whatever platform you may be on, Google, Spotify, Rumble. And if you already subscribed, please make sure you're still subscribed. Also, please make sure to check out your subscription too which is all free. There's no advertising, no solicitation. DelaraEssengill.blog, DelaraEssengill.blog. Thank you to the people that are coming back and saying, I'm getting unsubscribed from your blog now. I, I notice like little by little, they try to take people away on my Telegram channel, on my blog. And they're also not publishing the 50, nearly 58 million. We're almost there. 58 million hits. 58 million hits. Okay, that's more people than... I could ever imagine reading my blog, whether it's people coming back and looking at it. I'm, I'm still, I'm still humbled, grateful. Thank you for everybody who's sharing the information, but they're hiding 58 million hits. So they're taking subscribers away because I don't fit their narrative. I don't sing and dance in the circus. You know, I was told to go public with some of the information I had with, for my own personal safety at the beginning of this journey called a fistful of truth. And before that, due to my entire life getting turned upside down here in pedo wood, when I found out found about these uh, found out about these crimes against humanity. If you're new to the podcast, I know there's new people coming every day. Um, bear with me. Please go back and check out an article on the blog at delaraessengill.blog that says um, what is it called? The Great Awakening for Newbies. If you're new to the information, don't try to understand what I'm saying here today. Go back and start educating yourself on the blog, and maybe go back and listen to older podcasts. But you know please feel free to make sure that you are kindly subscribed or 
in touch somehow because they're removing people, folks. They don't want you to hear what is not in their cognitive warfare game. And I'm here to dispel that. I'm here to spread the truth and nothing but in Jesus name. Amen. I pray. I pray for all of humanity, whatever your faith, whatever your belief is, we are all children of, of God and we need to unite in truth. We, we need to embrace truth as our belief system, not these lies. And that's why this podcast is called A Fistful of Truth. So if you want to find everything in one convenient location, the podcast, the latest blog post, and the latest products that can help you, um, these are not, nobody pays for this, this but the listeners, you guys, a Fistful of Truth is 100% listener supported. There is a link in the podcast description to provide support. It does cost money to keep up digital media space and all the things that go with running a business online because that is what this has become. Truth has become my business to deliver to you guys for free. There is no obligation to donate support or anything, but your support is kindly appreciated. Thank you to the Anons who have stuck with me and will not falter, will not bend, will not break and keep this podcast going. So if you can kindly extend your support, there is a link in the podcast description, which leads you to a fistful of truth.com where you can find all of this wonderful information and make sure you um, are able to sign up for the newsletter over there too. There's a lot of things that I'm asking you guys to do administratively, but I do, I put a lot of effort into getting this show out. It is completely free, you know, paid for by God. And basically we are here to make sure that all of us have this information and it's going to be slow. A lot of people are still slow at it, but None of us are free until all of us are free. So spreading the truth is what we need to do. We need to keep speaking and walking with the truth. And that is it. Amen. So thank you to everybody, including the products that are featured and decided to, yes, Delara is okay to work with. A lot of people did not want to work with me. I ran companies. I was um, formerly a CEO of a few different companies, especially one that I closed pre-COVID. And then I ended up starting another one for my client, which also closed. So here I am working for our collective freedom. Amen. Amen. So thank you to everybody who checks out all of the information presented in the podcast description. So I can continue along with this podcast part two today. Today is May 11th and we had a extensive secrets of the celebrities with one of my favorite people and favorite anons. H Anon, Hollywood Anon, who has been coming forward lately, um, speaking out, and he is just a gem of a human being. So he came back and we did a very long podcast uh, with a lot of information. It's very full of information. So please take your time to listen and share with others. Nobody's saying what we're saying out there. Well, we are real people. We don't for work for anyone wearing any kind of hat. All we're doing is giving you guys what we experience, what we see, and we're reporting on real life news matters and uh, truths that are going on that are being hidden by the media. There's there's a media blackout for a lot of the stuff we're discussing. So you're not going to hear this anywhere else. And added bonus, we are real people from uh, California, California natives, both of us. And we're real people telling you real stories of Hollywood, Pedowood, and um, what's really going on in this movement. And we are graced by God to be able to bring this to you and grace to have you here with us and listening to part two of Secrets of the Celebrities. Part one was called Secrets of the Celebrities featuring h &on. It's available on Rumble. Um, it's available on all the podcasts, audio platforms. And I'm gonna be writing an article which will feature it too, but it's called Secrets of the Celebrities featuring h &on. What is an inversion? Part one and celebrities selling homes, 
and so forth. So what is an inversion part one? If you haven't heard that, please go back and listen to that first part of this podcast because this will not make sense. It is a continuation of that conversation. This is part two uh, of that conversation. And we're going to come back and keep going about uh, inversions uh, the following week. So I know that's a lot of info, but make sure you check out everything in the podcast description because I'll be including articles there and stay tuned for updates. And the way to make sure you get updated is to make sure that you're subscribed and you've got your email address entered on the blog. Okay, here we go. Part two with h of what is an inversion? Secrets of the celebrities. Here we go. You know, there's so much to what you said. I'm just like absorbing all of it. And there's so many things that I, I was like taking a few notes. I was writing some things down, but it, it just boils back down to the Luciferian rebellion of, of trying to, uh, you know, take over <laughs> and, you know, that it almost happened, but for we the grace very of close God. To it. Very yeah. close to it. You know, by the grace of God, only by the grace of God did humanity take a different path. Because I don't even think, I mean, that that was just straight up intervention because we were headed down. I don't even know what how how much longer we all had, to be honest with you. Um, but we're not in that timeline. We're in this timeline, and there's all glory be to God, praise God. You know, every day that I wake up these days, I just am so grateful to be alive in this time, especially in this time. I know you feel the same way. I do. Um, and I try to remind myself of that multiple times a day. Um, you know, one of the things that going back just really quick, that kind of an offshoot of the inversion thing, um, they also do a thing called a humiliation ritual. And, you know, they use Saturday Night Live for that. You know, if you go back and you look at all the sort of manly so-called actors, almost every time an actor from, it could be Robert De Niro, it could be Christopher Walken, it could, it was Woody Harrelson. I mean, it's almost it's everyone. They always put them in a skirt, in a dress on the show. They did it to The Rock. Um, I also just watched a movie called The Good Shepherd the other day, um, which actually is a good movie, even though it's got people in it I don't care for personally, but it's about the birth of um, the CIA out of the skull and bones um, secret societies of Yale in the late 40s, um, actually early 40s, late 30s, early 40s, into when World War II ended. And in the movie, you know, again, like I talked about, when they would go to like their secretive cabin, their you know, off the coast of Maine, owned by the Vanderbilts, and everybody would go for their rituals and go to their black tie dinners, and they would do these, you know, dramas on stage and stuff. It was the men dressed up as women, kind of in this like mocking ritual and this humiliation ritual. And, um, you know, you know, you go do search, you've got Patrick Swayze wearing a, you know, lingerie slip in a in a and you know pancake makeup right after you so know gross. he becomes a star 
Yeah, and so you've got Robert, like I said, Robert De Niro in a tutu, The Rock in a tutu, Richard Gere in a tutu. You know, so humiliating. Um, they do. It's it's part of their it's part of their ritual abuse. And let's not forget what they did to Kate Spade's husband after they killed her. The mouse they made mask. him walk around. Yeah, they made him walk around Manhattan with that rat mask on for two days with his little boy backpack. Did you see his in- Instagram page? No, I didn't. No. You gotta see it. It's on my I took screenshots of it because he took it down and I posted it on my blog. Oh, it don't look at it tonight. You don't you don't need to get sick again. You know, so they left that mask, you know. I like to think you know, like eyes wide shut. He just came home after the death and that mask was on his pillow. <laughs> and you know, he put his little boy curious George backpack on like a little kid, wore his little Tom Sawyer jeans. Like a good and little stole- bitch. Yeah, like a good little bitch and skulked around New York City like fucking, you know, yeah, like a good little bitch. Yep. Yep. Man, he's one of the worst ones. You know that? Well, you know, you were talking earlier about Hollywood celebrities that were catch and release. And during the early phases of COVID, remember when Tom Hanks caught supposedly caught COVID in Australia with his wife? Spade, who's the brother of Kate Spade's husband, um, both coming from a prominent New York family, not on the level of the Vanderbilts or the Rockefellers, but, you know, a couple of lovers levels below there, but a prominent family, the Spade family. Um, He went into his backyard one night and made a self-recording that was very revealing that I wish I still had. And I will do some research to find it because he's sort of having a breakdown and he goes into this whole thing. Like everything depends on Hanks. Everything depends on what happens to Hanks. And if this happens to Hanks, I'm going to be up in my tree with my shotgun. Yes. And he goes crazy, sort of explaining everything in his own freaked out, scared way. And I think that was sort of the beginning of what you were talking about of, you know, I, you know, it's pretty clear that Hanks was a pretty like high up member and probably a recruiter and probably some form of, you know, wizard and Don Juan for the group. So he's out there freaking out about Hanks, Hanks, Hanks. It all depends on Hanks. And if your readers can find that and your listeners can find that, I think it's very telling. That's a great point. You know, I'm sure people have seen the picture and you've seen it. The one going around with Hanks and Orca, that critter, that six, six toed critter with the nub. Um, another inversion. They're all inversions, you guys. Um, and that inversion shortly after they supposedly got back from Australia um, after COVID and were quarantining at home, she started to record some very weird, like ghetto rap songs that she was like singing along to as like a white bread, you know, highfalutin Beverly Hills living white middle-aged woman was singing like NW, you know, A songs on posting them on her page. That was just very weird. I really missed that. And I'm, I'm really glad that I missed that. Um, I was going through a very dark time and dumping down the rabbit hole very big time during that era. 
And that's where I discovered these videos. There was another video of Drew Barrymore having like a breakdown in the mirror. And I remember that. Yeah. Uh, people are coming to get me. I'm locking my doors. Like they all knew. And Naomi Watts had a freak out where she was screaming in her kitchen. Like and there were a lot of Adam, them. Adam, Adam's apple de degenerate walking down and people said it was maybe a, a, a thing at Gitmo. It's not a thing at Gitmo. That thing wouldn't be allowed to have a cell phone at Gitmo. <laughs> so I think you're right. I think that if I remember correctly, was that like early summer of 2020 when Hanks caught COVID? Yes. He was one of the first pegs they took down. Yes. Yeah. Going back to where I wish I had a transcript of what Spade said, but that's essentially what he was saying. Uh, wait, a transcript of who what said? Of what David Spade said in that video, because that's essentially what he was saying in that video that he made of himself in the backyard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah. And then it was really interesting. I think uh, David Spade was with Tiger Woods, like the day Tiger Woods got into that accident or something. Um, they were at the same hotel. No, they and, were taking pictures, selfies together in a golf cart. Yes, yes, they were because they were at a, he was at a celebrity golf tournament. Okay, and Spade was there. And then Tiger and, Woods got in that quote accident, unquote. Yeah. And remember, it was the Ellen Degenerate freakout, and then the 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 ex girlfriend of Degenerate went crazy in the car, and she was like naked and got up, and they tried. What the heck happened to the, what was that girl's name? Anne Hayes. What happened to her? So out of nowhere, she's driving through, a, um, um, you know, a suburb of Los Angeles, you know, a sleepy suburb with stop signs. All of a sudden, her car starts going 100 miles per hour out of nowhere. It's actually caught on a camera but from one of the houses, crashes into a uh, fence and then into somebody's backyard. The firemen come and in fire they take her out to fire truck 666 which you can see from the news helicopter she's on a gurney where they're saying that she's been burned to death and like unconscious and all of a sudden she sits up and starts trying to get out of the gurney and away from the firemen who throw her into the ambulance take her to the hospital and then all of a sudden like 48 hours she's dead yeah right so wait, real quick. And that's a woman who understood because if you, if you go back, and I want your listeners to do this if they care, and they look at John D. Rockefeller, the patriarch of the Rockefeller family who made the fortune in the late 1800s, early um, 1900s, and then passed it on down the line. If you look at him and look at a picture of him and his wife and their children, they look exactly like Ellen DeGeneres. Exactly. That's really scary. Kind of like Tom Hanks looks like that guy that disappeared on the island and got eaten by the cannibals or something. And the that was um, yeah. There he's a cousin of the Gettys of Michael Getty. You know, he grew up in San Francisco. People need to realize um, how deep this shit is. You know, let's not forget that Tom Hanks got his start on what? Bosom Buddies. A show in the seventies yeah. about two men living in women in an apartment complex because they won't let men live there. That was the seventies. Yeah, the bosom buddies and their two guys dressing up as women again, kind of like you know how it was in the face 
of the audience when you went to go see the Pink Panther movies with Peter Sellers, who was openly gay, but they used that plat platform, those movies, you know, those funny movies that I still love. I think they're hilarious. The acting's hilarious, but look at the programming. All these men always cross-dressing, singing, pretending like it's the olden times, like you described how women weren't allowed to be on stage. So they were purposely men dressing up as women. They probably made that rule so they could dress up as women and start seating the society that early. So this is how far back this shit has been planned. Yeah. And for all I know, it goes back to, you know, I don't know if they were doing drama and plays in Egypt and Samaria, but I mean, I can they just- They were dressing up as in the ancient Greek, Greek times. Yeah. Well, yes, exactly. My relatives um, have told me these stories and it, it my, don't be, don't start with Greek and pedophilia to me. Just don't even begin. But, you know, I mean, there the, the was famous for the, these, these Socrates would have these little boys. Like it, it was, it was, it, it's not an unknown fact. I mean, this pedophilia thing has been around for a long time. And this Satanism thing has been, <laughs> this is, you know, a timeless battle of good and evil, but coming back to what you're saying and bringing it back to all of these points you made, I wanted to touch on something really quick before I forget. You described that scene with, uh, I keep forgetting her name, the Ellen degenerate girlfriend, hate, and hate, and hate. She was like, uh, you described the scene of the ambulance with the 666. I want the audience to really step back and understand this is Hollywood. This is the movies you guys have been watching, the TV you've been seeing. This place is the place where initially, uh, or you know, for, for what we know of this part of our society and our timeline, um, produced all these movies that you went to and you and I went to, and we all got awed by Star Wars. And to this day, you know, before this all started, because I can't watch any of this shit anymore, nor do I want to see it. Sometimes, you know, I revisit an old Clint Eastwood movie, but let's not go there tonight. Um, back to, you know, sometimes you take a look at all of the things that wooed us and all of the things that sucked us in and made us part of this, this uh, illusion, this movie that we're watching. You are watching a show. It's all been a huge show. So when you guys see these uh, incidents that H&On here has just described, all of these different types of, it's not a coincidence, just like you said, how you began your conversation, you said, you know, this, how many more times until it becomes a coincidence, all of these things you described, Hollywood is pro at. They're the ones that created all the content that sucked us in, that shaped our minds from being programmed all these years. Now that we're unplugged, when you take a look at these scenes, like these false flags that happen, these school shootings all, all over the place, school shootings just don't happen, happen like that. These are all staged Hollywood. That's why it's called a false flag. These are all staged, all these things like with the ambulance 666. They're using the same production. They do the same studios probably, and sometimes the same people to program your mind. They're doing it as they're doing it with the films, they're doing it with the news, as we've seen with the mainstream media, it's all fake. They fake everything practically, even their genders. Yes. And I think it's worth pointing out, and maybe your audience knows this, but the origin of a false flag goes back to um, the maritime seas around the time of um, Captain Cook. Captain Hook and, you know, all the pirate lures and stuff. One of the ways that the, you know, so the pirates were stealing bounty from the crown, right? From 
you know, in some ways, pirates were good people. They were almost like white hats. They were attacking the the British Empire ships and robbing them because they knew, you know, whether they were doing it for, you know, uh, you know, altruistic purposes or not, I can't say. But what they would do is they would put a British flag or an ally flag on their staff back then. So when they looked through their binoculars, you know, as a ship was approaching from the distance, Switcheroo. the whole point, the point of having a flag was, you know, to know who that person, you know, is or was. And that's normally the pirates would sail with their skull and crossbone because that was their flag. We're pirates. But then when they would get close enough to be able to attack the ships, the British ships, they would take down the ally flag and put up their skull and bones flag and then attack them and try to sink them. And that's sort of where the term false flag comes from. It doesn't mean that every shooting, nobody died. I think what you're saying is, yeah, you, I think what you're saying is, is that they're, they're staged in the sense that go ahead. Yeah. Well, there's, they're staged in the sense that the person that they're doing it is being controlled and manipulated and it's created. Um, it's not a random yeah, event. It exactly. Was, it they was don't, it was, yeah, they it don't wake up in the morning. Out. It was, and, yeah, it didn't yeah. just happen because somebody was having a bad day or they snapped, they didn't take their medication. That's what they want you to believe. And that's why they control the media. And what did Jim Morrison say? Yeah. Whoever controls the media controls the mind. I think it's important. One thing about Jim that I wanted to point out, because you brought him up earlier, and I think he's an important figure because um, MK Ultra basically came to America um, with Operation Paperclip and the Nazis, um, which is the, you know, MK Ultra brainwashing children and sexual um, satanic ritual murder to compartment compartmentalize your brain and cause trauma. You can train someone to be a sex slave or to be a billionaire or to be a mogul or a politician. Kathy O'Brien in a thousand pieces, highly recommended, highly recommended. Yeah. Great book. There's a lot of evidence that, and when they first came over, um, they weren't doing the MK Ultra in like psychologist offices. They were doing them on military bases. Yes. And Jim Morrison grew up on six military bases between the age of two and eight because his father was a rear admiral that kept getting moved around. So like he lived in Coronado and then he lived in um, Virginia. Then he lived in Florida. Then he lived in Albuquerque because his dad was getting moved around and they were living on military bases. And there is quite a bit of compelling evidence, and I've looked into this, um, and uh, mainly circumstantial evidence, that Jim and you know a lot of people from his age group, he was born in 1943, were the first wave, those baby boomers after World War II, were the first wave of really like MK ultra uh, children. Um, and it's kind of interesting that Jim's producer for the doors and his sort of handler in the sense that it was his job to make sure Jim got to the studio and signed the contracts and did the things he needed to do because he was a big drinker and he wasn't like the most, you know, up at 6am and the most punctual person the person's name was Paul Rothschild. (laughs) 
So I find that kind of interesting that um, that turned out to be the producer of The Doors and Jim's handler. There's many, many, many pictures of them together. And it's now looking back on what I know now and looking back at him and his life and somebody that I've studied and listened to a lot. If I had to take a guess, I would say it's well above 50% that he was an MK Ultra, one of the first MK Ultra subject matters in America. Poor Jim. Yes. Sweet kid. You talk, you know, in fact, his sister lives in my neighborhood. And, um, you know, there's a lot of really kind stories about Jim. You know, he had a Jekyll and Hyde personality. Certain things set him off. Obviously, the booze was a problem, but all the triggers were there for what we now know to be MK Ultra. And so, um, you know, and you look at other people who, and, you know, they all lived in Laurel Canyon. You know, look who Frank Zappa's dad was. Look who David Crosby's dad was. Look who Don Henley's dad was. Look who Fleetwood Mac's dad was. They all either worked for the military industrial complex, the three-letter agencies, or were straight out of the military, like Jim's dad, who was a rear admiral. They all lived in Laurel Canyon. They all became rock stars. They all became drug addicts, and they all became... I guess what you would call like iconic personas that help sort of shift culture. So I would not be surprised if what we now know is like the rock and roll of the sixties was really just like put out there. And let's not forget the Beatles connection to the Tavistock Institute, um, which was the equivalent in England of what like our MK ultra program and CIA was here that they were doing in England and the Beatles you know, spent a lot of time there. They called it a meditation center back then, which is obviously cover. And so I would not be surprised if a lot of what, like I said, starting with the Beatles and moving into like the summer of love and acid and all of that really was somehow coming out of some sort of programming through, like I said, the first wave of like post-World War II MK Ultra victims. Well, it's a combination of... of of that and human cloning experiments that were are, are literally uh, the cabal uh, creating in their mind uh, life, whether it's, you know, and there's laboratories where this has been going on for ages, like we talked about, or it's uh, potentially uh, alchemy. And, you know, there's theories out there that, you know, it's like that movie, They Live, uh, I forget who started it, but you know that old movie they live where it was an 80s movie and the guy puts on his glasses and when he takes them off, he sees what they really look like. John Carpenter, the lead was Roddy McDowell, Roddy yeah. Piper McDowell, and uh, who, who was a wrestler. So these people that we're all talking about, thank you for that. Um, yeah, I always forget who did that movie, that it was a Carpenter Great movie. Great movie, very ahead of its time. I always forget that it's a Carpenter movie, but Carpenter yeah. is really interesting. We can go down that rabbit hole some other time. Um, but the these are all people for, that are in this matrix of Hollywood, which is the third arm of the three-letter agency, the CIA. And that's why there's all these connections that you're pointing out to the audience is more evidence of what we're taught in the that's why i keep saying go watch a thousand pieces because it shows you how it's the third arm of the cia and there's a great article 
Um, there's a great documentary by Jim Nichols called the Nixon Kennedy Connection. In fact, I had mentioned that to you earlier. It's in my article called The Invisible Enemy. And I talked about it yesterday on Monday Matters. I forget why it came up, but The Invisible Enemy is on the blog, delaraessengill.blog. And you can check out a lot of this information uh, presented in Jim Nichols' documentary, which I reference in that article. So instead of trying to go look for it, just go to that article, The Invisible Enemy, and you'll see what I'm talking about, about the connection between uh, Hollywood and the propaganda machine and the military industrial complex and how all of these children from Laurel Canyon or, you know, there's also the whole satanic witchcraft, all this stuff from Aquino and the military to now they were seeing the trans movement into the military to how they used Hollywood to program the mind, going back to Edward Bernays, you know, the programming, uh, the century of the self, that documentary that I mentioned. Hollywood is a mishmash of all of these different assets and programs that they use to create these sometimes humanoid creations that aren't God's children soulless weird empty things that are called clones like the sheep they cloned a sheep so ultimately like you said it's a, they're trying to they're trying to slap god in the face and they're the ones that get slapped in the face because you can't do that because god is the almighty but you can't explain that to a demon so when the audience hears us talking about all these different types of people from people like jim morrison who most likely, you're right, were MK Ultra if he was in that space and time and his father was who he was. Most likely, it's it's highly likely. I'm not saying he was or wasn't, but it's I see it being highly likely like, and I agree with you. And I think Jim Morrison was a real human being. I don't think he was a robot or a clone. Maybe they cloned him. I don't know. Cloning somebody is as easy as taking a hair sample and you can create a human being from that. It's in the movie Starman. Uh, I don't think that was Carpenter, was it? Might have been. So, like you said, every deal is different and every celebrity is different, but there's different types. You know, there's the inverted types, there's the created types, there's real human beings who come here and they get cabaled and some of them say no and they never work again and some of them don't make it and they, they get taken out, 187 style. And they, they use, it's like a big gang. They make each other take each other out. It's just like a big gang. It's a dirty ass gang. And once people realize that, that it's just Rico coming in to sweep them up. I still wonder who the special prosecutor is. <laughs> I hope, I don't know who it is. Might be Sessions, may not. But we don't know. Once people realize this is a huge criminal organization and gang, and all these people that they're watching are chicks with dicks, excuse my language, but that's you know nasty because it's not something that is natural. These are created lab creation, weird things that they're doing. Genetic manipulation, that's why they're pushing that shit now with the transgender, making it seem like everybody has to put a him, her in his signature. Fuck that shit. Excuse my language, but I'm tired of all this stuff. And you know what? Maybe this is how we're supposed to feel. And maybe I'm feeling it on behalf of every human being that should be feeling it out there. They should be saying, F this, I can't deal with it anymore. I don't want this. Maybe that's where they're going to get people to because I'm sure it's all tired of it. But there's different types of people in Hollywood that they put up there. That was my point of going into this. 
It's not just, you know, what one lab creation, there's just a mishmash and an infiltration um, instead of invasion. And that's what they've done. They've infiltrated the mind. Absolutely. For, you know, precisely. And you bring up a great point there. You know, I think it's worth pointing out also, you know, um, look, you know, look, look who Sandra Bullock's father is. Look who was, um, you look who Charlene, Th uh, Charlize Theron's father was. You look at who Char uh, Naomi Watts's brother is. You look at, you know, uh, where Sandra Bullock grew up, you know, she grew up on a military base. Um, her father was high up. Um, I think Charlize Theron's dad, if I remember correctly, worked for the Rand Corporation and had a mysterious job where he traveled a lot. And I think he was from the story goes is that I think the story goes that her mom killed her father in some sort of drunken rage, supposedly in South Africa, um, which is a very demonic place with a lot of dumbs and a lot of evilness. And in, in, I know in all South about that Africa. place. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, when, you Those know, are not coincidences, I'm sorry, go ahead. Just exactly. So many things you bring up can't be a coincidence. I hope everybody really just absorbs this. Yeah. Like I said, once you know what to look for, and if you have an interest in the subject, it's really easy. So I've edited six magazines to this point in my life with about half of them being entertainment type magazines, meaning either a men's magazine, a movie magazine, um, or like a lifestyle magazine and then a few cannabis magazines. Um, but with, you know, so I would be booking celebrities, big celebrities, celebrities like Charlize Theron, like Jennifer Aniston, like Halle Berry, all people that I put on covers of my magazine, you know, um, met with their publicists and managers in bars in Hollywood, had drinks, booked the covers, went to the shoots. But I lived in New York and I didn't run with the Hollywood crowd. That just was my job. So I got to come in, do my three or four days in Hollywood, meet with the people, book the covers, then shoot the covers six weeks later, usually roughly if you're a monthly magazine, and then go to the cover shoot. And they were always on their best behavior. But one thing I never understood up until just recently was why certain stylists would always tell, and certain photographers would tell the subjects like Hallie and Charlize and Cameron Diaz to put a circle around their eye or cover one of their eyes or wear this color or you need to have this purple on and this belt and this. And now it's so clear to me the chain of command of you know, the, you know, you can Google it's everywhere, you know, celebrities covering one eye in photo shoots, you know, the bruised eye, you know, the, all the symbols with the 666 and the Winston Churchill, which he called the victory sign, but really wasn't the victory sign. It was the sign of Satan. And he brainwashed an entire fucking country because it was on the cover of the biggest paper there during World War II that he was making the victory sign when it was the I worship Satan sign, which you can find many pictures of Hillary doing that on stage, George Bush Jr. doing on stage, uh, Gene Simmons doing on stage, The Rock doing in photo shoots. I mean, it's really easy stuff to find. Now it all makes sense to me why they did it on all these photos. Here I am the editor of this huge magazine, Million Cirque magazine, putting people on the cover who want to promote their movie, and they're making satanic... Uh, 
symbolism, signs saluting Satan and the Rothschilds and the cabal, you know, right in my midst. And I had no idea. <laughs> That's how they mock you. What does God say? My people die or my, my people perish for lack of knowledge. That's what Q did, I think, more than anything, was lit a, a tinder stick of knowledge. And the Anons took it brilliantly and passed it around and passed it around and refined it and studied it and went back in history. And you know, that's where a lot of my education has come from. I have to credit Q with ticking off all of these things that I have then now gone as you have and a lot of the listeners have and you know did what q said do your own research q did something brilliant and as a writer i loved it posed everything as a question and not a statement that is brilliant to do that because that puts the onus it's on the reader to go do it and puts the onus on the reader to decide if it's true they gave us all the clues they said you have more than you know and there's still a few things I'm a little pissed that I haven't figured out, like what the keystone is or was. And maybe you know what that is, but I have yet to figure out what the keystone is. I do not know what the keystone is. Yeah. Um, really, thank you so much for your truth, your honesty, and for really bringing it home to the audience and just being uh, so honest and stepping forward and saying the things you said this, uh, this evening. You know, I know them, but I really honor you for coming forward and just being so honest about this, because I know it's been really hard for all of us to watch other people be, you know, duped by, by what's going on. And I think that it's so valuable to hear from somebody like you um, to the audience, because uh, it just brings, it brings more pieces of the, the puzzle for many together. Uh, I, I can't place myself in your shoes and I'm speaking directly to the audience because I am, I'm me and you can't place yourself in my shoes. Nobody, nobody can place each other. But what I'm saying is I can't imagine, you know, first learning this knowledge because I feel like it's been such a long journey for me. And I, somebody like you who brings such authenticity to these difficult truths uh, really is a help for people out there that are seeking answers. So I really wanna just thank you again for all you've said this evening. Um, I was going to say something else we were talking about. What was the last thing you just said? Because I was just thinking about in linear order, like what you were saying. Um, well, I was just talking about how they were mocking my readers and me right in front of me with these symbols about Satan. And oh, I'm walking around with, with no clue. Right. I remember I wanted the audience when you said that I wanted the, yeah, exactly how there's just, you know, a lot of people don't know. There's a lot of people in the industry who just don't know what's going on. So it's not their fault that they were working for, you know, Satan's controlled companies. I mean, who wasn't at some point, like if you worked for Starbucks as a kid or you, or you worked at a pizza place, I mean, who knew about any of this? Like we've all been cabaled. We did, we shopped at places. We got French fries at McDonald's or, you know, that was what I used to like, but you know, we, we all went to different got cabaled in different ways, but it's so important to realize to the audience also that all of these people that, you know, you saw stand in front of a camera and hold, the photographer told them to, you know, cover one eye. Some of those people didn't know why they were covering that eye, but if they were covering that eye and being told to do it by their handler photographer, 
I want the audience to really be clear on this. They took the deal. They knew exactly what they were getting into when it comes to that level where you're covering the eye. You, as an attorney, I'm telling you right now to the audience that I've worked in and I've seen it in the music industry from the ground up and the acting industry, all of it, modeling, you name it. They're very clear. They tell you what you're going to be doing because the devil needs your permission to let him in. And I want that to be really clear. Nobody's. Yes. And it's also. Yeah, go ahead. And it's also a way of escaping karma because the way they look at it, and this may be a natural law that we don't understand because we're not taught that, but you better believe that the fallen angels understood it, that there could be a natural law in this universe, in this galaxy that, you know, I, I believe in karma and I think a lot of people do, but I think it's not as simple as, okay, you stole something from a friend of yours um, when you were eight, and then you're going to be somehow like something's going to be, I don't think it's as simple as we've been taught. And I think that there's ways around it, um, which goes back to understanding the nature of the universe. And I think that, like I said, what, what you just said is so important is that they can, they understand that if they get us to do it for them, and they've told us in these ways that probably fall within the parameters, like having a law, you being a lawyer and understanding the law, you know how that works, that they're kind of escaping karma and laughing at us the whole time. So they're destroying us. They're mocking us. They're making us do their dirty work and we get the karma for it. So it's pretty unbelievable what they've done if you take a step back and look at just what the secret knowledge has been passed along through the priest, you know, class up and up and up through the history of what they've understood and probably a lot more than just karma. They probably understood, you know, they understand predictive programming. They understand a lot of things about consciousness that we're not taught, but so yeah, we kind of got, got, uh, March to the slaughter here. You know, uh, we were being pretty dominated. You know, Jesus did come here to warn people about this stuff. The people were very simple back then and very poor. And it wasn't the world we live in now with the Internet and everything else. But he tried to, in his parables, explain to people what was going on. And one thing I just wanted to end with was, and I know that you know the Bible well, um, was that I, if I seem to remember, there were places in the Bible that they weren't quite whorehouses. They were almost more like fertility, sex fertility clinics that I'm almost thinking now that might've been a word for like maybe cloning centers back then or genetic experiment, uh, centers that they were just describing in that way. Um, I need to do some more research on that, but I wanted to just kind of throw that out there. And then what I'll end with, and I'd love to just get your quick comment on this. This is just my opinion from somebody who is putting a puzzle together and trying to figure out where we are and where we're going. So the Democrats have now out of nowhere moved their Democratic convention from Florida to Chicago. Okay. Um, Susan Rice, 
who was the national security advisor and really basically with Valerie Jarrett running the Obama presidency, they were his handlers with John Brennan. So the way the orders come down from what I understand is they filter down obviously from the top, which we could argue about is Pindor, Pindar, you know, someone from, you know, one of the families or the Vatican, like whoever is on top, they filter down through the pyramid. And the way they worked at the White House was whoever would give the information into the White House, they would filter in through Valerie Jarrett and Susan Rice. They would then relay that information to Obama and Biden and basically draw up the plans, go to Congress. They were sort of running things behind the scenes. Um, Valerie Jarrett even had a guest house at the Obama uh, compound in D.C., still has it. And there's a lot of innuendo that she could be running some sort of counterintelligence program out of there. But what I'm getting at is that so they've now moved their convention to Chicago. Susan Rice has quit the Obama I mean, the Biden administration, and I'm sensing that they're going to throw Michelle Obama's dick into the 2024 election, and they're going to run her in their hometown of Chicago with Susan Rice as their handler, and it's going to be backfire on them because what it's going to do, and maybe the White Hats are doing this. But it's finally, if they put her on stage for an election under the scrutiny of what we're now under with the internet and Q, there's going to be a lot of people red-pilled on their ultimate illusion that Michelle is Michael. And maybe that's the way the truth really about that creature comes out. I'm going to throw that out there. Let's see if I'm right. But that's what I right now leaning towards could happen. The shot heard around the world. I really think so. Funny I, shot. I would ask, it, it would be it would be mocking on a level that what I saw with King Charles. I would be so happy to see the Obamas torn down that way. Oh my God. Oh my God! I can't. I don't know if I. You know, I haven't slept a lot the last couple of nights because I was working on some really ridiculous thing. That it's okay, but it was just ridiculous. I mean. People have gotten ridiculous. They're dangerously deranged. I'll tell you that. Um, thank God I have a law degree. I'll tell you that too. What do you think about my theory there? Does, I have, does it make on, I have so many levels. First of all, okay. <laughs> Susan, Susan Rice and Jarrett. Okay. I feel like we're talking about a couple of like line, uh, <laughs> linebackers, but they're not. Yes. Yes. You know, there are many those, pictures of Susan Rice as a man. Yeah. And there are pictures of John Podesta and Valerie Jarrett at one of their satanic sex parties. Sex parties um that were that Q leaked early on because I believe Q got a hold of all the blackmail. They have it all. Stuff. They have it and all. And so they leaked that out. That kind of came and went. Some people noticed it, some people didn't, but they were definitely like partying like a Greek rock star in, you know the time of Dionysus <laughs> and um, there's Valerie Jarrett right there, <laughs> Valerie Jarrett. So can we just call it uh, Valerie Rice and just make it one creature? I'm fine with that. Uh, because, you know, it's what, aren't they both Obama's uh, ma male lovers and they turned them into women? One for sure is Susan Rice. I can't speak 
a hundred percent for Valerie Jarrett. But yes, you're right about Susan Rice. Isn't Susan Rice the Pakistani guy that he was in Pakistan with or his roommate in college? So, and that yes. And another thing people need to quick understand before we go is that ultimately, like people say, well, where did Obama come from? What was his handler? I've done a lot of research. Oh my God, on that's this. like such a long other yeah, but I'll just throw this one thing out. Um a lot of it was sponsored through the cabal in Saudi Arabia and Pakistan. A lot of the money came through there. Um, he spent time in both places. That's documented. And Prince Al-Lawid, I think his name is, which is, I guess, the head of the, was the head of the cabal in Saudi Arabia, who also was the biggest shareholder in Twitter, by the way, um, and who Trump liked to mock saying he's spending daddy's money and Q liked to mock him as well which I thought was great and who was arrested and hung upside down in a Hilton hotel for three weeks and interrogated and had his money taken from him by the white hats in Saudi Arabia in 2017 was really Obama's like true sponsor. Um, and so, like I said, I'll end it with, I think it would be a grand finale worthy of Shakespeare um, to put the Obamas back on center stage with the white hats in control, leaking out all of the photos, leaking out all of the stuff that they've been hiding from us, letting people put the picture together. And then maybe that is the shot heard around the world. Well, I have to say John D'Souza agrees with you. Oh, I don't really follow him, but I respect him. He's an awesome guy. He's an awesome, yeah. maybe, maybe one day we can all, all talk. He's, he's an amazing guy. Um, I, he was here on the show and I've, I've been friends with John for a little bit here and throughout before, maybe, I don't, maybe at the beginning of this, I don't remember somewhere around there, but um, I, I remember him saying that they were going to run my, uh, Michael Obama, Michael, big Mike, big Mike. I think he got, he was like getting censored. I mean, here I've got people like sending me emails with his, she, shim, whatever the hell they're trying to do. And then I've got like Big Mike memes everywhere. So, you know, Big Mike, if John is right, and I think you're right, I think moving it to Chicago was interesting, especially with that Lori Lightfoot, who's a dude. Lori, yep. that's a dude. Yeah. There's rumors that that thing was taken in and, and taken care of at Gitmo. And it's being, you know, they, they're using clones, people audience uh they're using the white hats are using clones and actors and holograms are using the same thing the cabal they took their weapons and they're using it against them and they've got bigger and better weapons they've got space force i can go into that too but on another show i'm sure you so i did want to say really quick and you can talk about this next time but i haven't really told anybody about this but i got a chance two weeks ago to drive an hour and a half north of here to Goleta where the Vandenberg Air Force Base was built in 1941, which has now been renamed by POTUS, the Vandenberg Space Force Base. Wow. And that's where Space Force is uh, located. That's where their headquarters is. And I got to write an article for a magazine, which I'm almost done with. And I will, you know, if the audience is interested, I could share it with them um, about, I was one of the first writers allowed onto the base and got to interview people about you know what's going on there what does space force do there's a lot of people not only in the world but especially in santa barbara and goleta the area where this base is 
you know, that are seeing strange things flying in and encountering strange, you know, uh, lights and seeing things go into the ocean. And so I think that maybe they're, you know, by letting me on the base and of course they probably didn't show me everything, but you know, um, I think it's going to be an interesting article. And I think I, I got some good stuff in there that I can't talk about right now, but I would be happy to come back and talk further about that. Um, when, you know, the magazine's going to be out this summer. I am so excited because this is the first time I'm hearing about this too. And this is like yeah. absolutely amazing, incredible. I'm very happy to um, hear that uh, this is so close to home. That's so cool. Yeah. And also I'm really feeling the excitement in your voice and I'm excited for you. And, you know, I felt a sense of excitement this evening and there's been some really interesting air activity. So now this is kind of coming together in my heart and in my head. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, and I'll just, I'll just, I, I'll just cool. own that. I, I was actually like had goosebumps and was like, uh, not trembling, but um, it had goosebumps and the hair on the back of my neck as I was entering into the facility because it's kind of like trying to get into the CIA. You got to drive down this big, long, winding road from the coast up into the like sort of shrubbery of these mountains over 18,000 acres that they built the Vandenberg Air Force Base that they were doing a lot of things there during World War II, including bringing over high, high level Nazi and Japanese uh, PO war, P POWs and deserters that had, they were HVTs, high value targets that they were keeping there and interrogating. And some got let back into society, i.e. under Operation Paperclip. And so that's what the base was kind of doing under the guise that they were training the soldiers for the um, the West Coast soldiers for the attack on Normandy. So I learned a lot about sort of the some of the like the hit the public history of the base. Some of the and that's also where, for better or for worse, um, SpaceX, um, Elon Musk has rented out two of the fifteen thousand square foot. They have four fifteen thousand square foot runways. A normal runway for a plane at an airport, I think, is 2,500 square feet. So it's seven times that. You have to wonder what is using that amount of square feet to take off and land. So I got to see one of those. I got to see some of the hangars. I got to go around to some of the barracks. I got to sit down with somebody, a mid-level person from Space Force, and all I can say is I'm really excited to do it and I'm excited to share it with the audience. And I think they're going to learn a lot. I think that is just so incredible. And that puts such a, like, I mean, like I have so much hope now and like all that really dark, horrible shit that I have to look at every day because, you know, it is not pretty what's gone on. That brings so much hope to me. Like just hearing it, number one from you, uh, number two, that, what a, what an amazing surprise out of this conversation this evening. Like I had no idea folks that I was going to hear this and, you know, to hear it while we're recording is such a blessing. So thank you for bringing it to all of us at once. Um, that is huge news. Yeah. It's the first time I told anybody. I can't. Even my family, even but, my family. So you're saying it here for the very, very first time. And I want to thank you uh, for gracing us with such amazing news because that, has so much more 
value uh, to our movement and what's to come. Like the best is yet to come, right? I mean, look at where, look at what God is showing you and thank you for sharing it with all of us. Amazing, my friend, amazing. And I'll just tell the audience, they'll probably wondering, well, how, how did he get on the base? Um, a magazine that I write for owned by a very wealthy individual and wealthy investors in Montecito, California, which is, um, you know, where Oprah lives and uh, Kevin Costner and Warren Buffett. And I mean, it, you know, a lot of cabal energy there, which I think is great that POTUS put Space Force right in their backyard. Um, <laughs> Um, and the Gettys live there and the Vanderbilts had houses there, you know, for people that don't know, Santa Barbara was, right. is, you know, uh, an hour or so North of Los Angeles. But so the, how I got on the base was I write for, uh, a magazine in Santa Barbara. That's a local, but also national magazine. And the owners are very well connected. They have no idea about my H and on or my, you know, Instagram page. I'm just a freelance writer for them that they like. And they did the dirty work for me and got me on the base, not knowing that, you know, what a fan of Space Force I was and whose side I'm on. And, you know, um, so I thought it was great that they went through all the paperwork. They went through all the calls. They went through all their cabal connections, I th awesome. think. To get me onto the base to write a story that isn't quite probably going to be the story they think it is. Oh, <laughs> yes, that is real journalism and that is real truth. And I really appreciate you so very much. And I hope the audience does. I know the audience does too. Thank you for bringing that amazing news. And I can't wait to hear the rest of it. Maybe, um, uh, whatever I can do to help you spread that amazing news, I, I'd be honored. Uh, yeah, well, I will make sure your your audience gets a link to the article. It'll be in print and online. Thank you very much, H and On. Thank you for this great conversation this evening, and I'm sure we'll be talking again very soon. Have a great night. Thanks for having me. You too. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this amazing episode of A Fistful of Truth, Secrets of the Celebrities. Thank you, H&On, for all of your hard work, your dedication, and your warrior spirit in presenting truth. I wish more people would come out from uh, Petowood, Hollywood. I am talking with a few people uh, that have reached out to me. One of them you could consider to be an A-list actor, a friend of mine who I haven't spoken to for a little bit, but they've been keeping an eye on my blog. Uh, one of my friends in Hollywood who is not an actor but works in Hollywood, I recently saw him and he asked me what I'd been doing for the last like three or four years and I said, well, I have a blog and this person looked at me and said, oh yeah, I'm very familiar with your blog. I read it all the time. I had no idea that anyone from Hollywood, and you know, I do know they're reading it, but it's one thing when you just kind of are here by yourself talking into this, you know. Uh, equipment, hoping to get a podcast out to you guys, the listeners. It's another thing for me to run into people 
and hear their stories and then listen to the fact that they're actually reading my blog. So that is huge news to me, which means the truth is getting out there. And I rely on you guys to help share, copy and paste this link to this podcast. Please post it elsewhere. I can't do it. So you can help me by doing that for me. You can also help by supporting the podcast. There's a link in the podcast description to do that. And also you can help by purchasing products that help you like the 5G protection device, Somavedic, like the hemp uh, hemp therapies, CBD oil. You guys, this stuff is amazing. I mean, I am a huge fan of cannabis. I believe um, in a lot of the properties that it, it has been hidden from us because it's healing properties. But the cannabis um, industry, a whole other subject, I did do a couple of shows on it. Hemp Therapies is an amazing uh, CBD oil. It's professional grade. It's the only one that I use. And I live in California where all this stuff is available. Do check them out because they have an anti-parasitic component to their CBD oil. Black cumin seed oil It's the one I take from Hemp Therapies. You get half off your first purchase. So check that out in the podcast description as well. Okay, guys, I know this is all mind-blowing. We're going to be talking with H&On more probably doing more regular podcasts. And I think he might be joining us on a fistful of snacks with Snack Anon, my favorite Anons. And uh, my favorite people out there are you, the audience, because you guys are tuned into the same frequency of truth. So God bless you guys. Uh, Stay the course, be patient with people that are coming to you because they're very new to the info. Don't give them the whole kitchen sink and just guide them, you know, send them to the great awakening for newbies on the blog at delarsandgill.blog and give them information that you found helpful. So I hope you found this helpful and exciting. Um, there's a lot to look forward to. And I think we are on a somewhat uh, upward movement for those of us living in the light and truth. God bless you, patriots. Where we go one, we go all. <laughs>